This is an oral history of the Lord's move in Plainview, Texas in the early 1960s. It's a story of what can happen when a small group of students love Christ and His church and give their lives to God's purpose in a practical way. The following is a personal testimony from James Barber, one of Witness Lee's earliest co-workers in the United States. The next several episodes will be his first-hand account of what the Lord did among them in Plainview in those early days. Originally spoken to the church in Oklahoma City as a history of the Lord's recovery. Let's just get along with the history a little bit more. Now, if you'll have to excuse the matter, but I have to also share my personal experience of this because I want to show you how what the Lord started in this area of the country, and especially those of us who were in Texas. And I'm just going to give you a personal testimony of what happened to some of us. I, at this time, I had, of course, been raised Southern Baptist, and I had sought the Lord. And at times, no doubt, I think I even touched my spirit accidentally when I began to pray quite a bit. Anyway, after going through seminary and not getting much, I had no desire to pastor. I never pastored a church in my life. I had no desire. I did a lot of revival work, so-called youth revival work, when I was young. And I would go to these churches and the pastors would just pour out all of the problems there. And I could see, this is not for me. You know, I don't want any of this. My desire at that time, at least, was to work with young people. So after I graduated from the seminary, which I knew, I knew was a union card. Right away, after the first year or so, I realized you've got to get your union card. Just get it over with and get it. The place is dead. Forget about it. Get your union card so you can work. So I got my union card. But it was a place to keep me at that time because the Lord's recovery was coming. Yeah. And the Lord kept me. Anyway, then I got married at the seminary. Got married to this beautiful young lady. And, Too. But she sure didn't want to marry a pastor. Over that. Well, I had no desire to be a pastor. I didn't know what I'd do. Anyway, I'd done so, a lot of preaching and uh, a lot of stuff like that in revivals and this and that. But I, just, I wanted to work with young people. This did not come to me. I did not decide to do anything but pray. I didn't know what to do. What are you going to do when you graduate from seminary? A lot of guys graduate from seminary, they don't get a job. They don't get a church. They don't get anything. <laughs> Uh, that's so they go to work. <laughs> anyway, the phone rang, and it was the, you don't know, if you, you, I'm just getting into it, if you knew Southern Baptists, they are so organized, you just wouldn't believe. Anyway, the Department of Student Work is in Dallas, and there you have the head over all the BSU directors over the whole state. And the BSU is the Baptist Student Union, which is to help the Baptist students on all the campus. I was active in the BSU in college in Texas Tech. Love it. That's where I graduated. I was quite active. And I, I thought, oh, it'd be great to be a BSU director. But I never had 
said it to anybody. Anyway, this guy, actually he's a doctor, Dr. Howard was his name, he called me and he said, would you be interested in being the BSU director at uh, Wayland Baptist College? I didn't even know hardly where it was. <laughs> Wayland Baptist College in Plainview, Texas, Panhandle of Texas. And I don't know why, but I really felt this was something of the Lord. I realized it was a small school. <clears throat> I didn't know how small. You know how small it was? 600 students. He was one of those students. 600 students. What can you do? That's not even as big as a high school. And why? I was pretty proud, just like anybody else. I didn't want to go to a college of 600 students. I want to go to thousands of 600 students. But anyway, I took the job. And this was in 1961. And in 1961, in June, we moved to Plainview, Texas. In June of 1961. And when I got to this big school, uh, with their large student body, they showed me uh, my office. And I had an office there and everything. And uh, On my desk, of what was to be my office, there was a note left there. And I opened it up, and it was a note from a college student at this big school. Welcoming me to the school as the new BSU director, and it was signed, Vincent Phillips. <laughs> at that time, he was a junior at this large school. And he was gone on a campus trip up to the Northwest. They had what they called, I don't even know where they got the name. It was called the Volunteer Mission Band. <laughs> Right away, you think it's an instrumental group, but it wasn't. It was just a volunteer mission band. And they go on trips in the summer, and they do skits, and they do all kinds of things, college students. Well, anyway, they were gone on this trip, and he knew I was coming because I came in the month of June, and then I left for another two months because I had you know, some things already scheduled, some revivals and things for the rest of the summer until I came back fall. Anyway, I hope you don't mind me going into all this detail, but it's really interesting because it shows the history of the large recovery in Texas. Yeah. Here. Anyway, this is setting the stage because Brother Lee is just getting ready to come. He came, actually, to this country in 61 and then in 62. I said, who is this guy? Vincent Phillips. Of course, like I say, at that time, I was about 25 and he was about 19. <laughs> And, of course, I was impressed that he would leave such. I was really impressed. And so then that fall came, and we started school, and I was the new BSU director. And I don't know why, in a little school of 600, here we are. There's Vincent Phillips. Ben McPherson was a freshman. I can still see him with that freshman beanie cap on. <laughs> was there, Jim and Sharon Coleman was there, of course Rodney Phillips was there, and Rodney's wife was 
my assigned secretary, Elaine Singleton was her name, now she's Elaine Phillips, which is Norman, Alan's sister who was here. She was assigned in September of 61 to be my secretary. Because of this, the campus jobs they have, you know, to get a job work on campus, go through school. This big school of 600, the Lord seemed to gather some seeking saints. And I don't know whether I could name them all. Marilyn was there. Ray didn't come for the next year. Tim House came the next year. The first year you had been, there were about 20 that were still in the recovery. Max and Joe and Hale, Bobby Allen, Billy Moore, of course, uh, Ray and Marilyn and Tim, Joe Young, there. Ron Weatherman. Who? Elton Carr. Elton Carr. Right, he was there. And his wife, Judy. Who? Oh, Bud Philly was there. Right. But Philly was there in Wayland, but he didn't come into the recovery at the time we did. Just like Lusby was there. He even came to my office one time. Gary Gilbert was there, and he didn't come in later until 1966. But anyway, he didn't. He was a freshman the year we all left, so he didn't know what happened. <laughs> Which was two years later. He was a freshman in uh, 1963, fall of 63. This was two years earlier. Now it's 61. So the Lord put us together with all of these students. Most of them were freshmen, just young people, just kids out of high school. Yeah, see, this, as we look back now, we can see what a sovereign arrangement of the Lord. And I was there as the big 25-year-old VSU director. I know what to do with them, except pray. That's all I knew. I know you had this certain VSU program you have to go through, and you have all these committees and this and that. And you have your uh, vespers and your devotionals and all of this. Anyway, I'm probably going to too much detail. We're going to have to quit. But here in 1961. And then we went through this for a year. We went through a thing. And I realized, my, these, these brothers love the Lord. And we had a real good time. They'd come to my office a lot. It would fellowship Vincent and Ben and uh, all the other brothers. And we fellowshiped a lot. Ray Graber came the, the next year, I believe. There was a lot of us there. I wasn't, I didn't consider myself a seeking person. And I don't think any of them did either. We just have to see it was the Lord's sovereign mercy that put us all in such a little school. Just a little yeah. school of 600 yeah. students. Yeah. And the next year was the big year, 1962. Things began to happen. In 1962, Brother Lee came to this country. And, of course, we never heard of Brother Lee. Never heard of Watchman. Never heard of anybody. Southern Baptist, that's all we knew. <laughs> we were saved, we were loved the Lord, but we didn't know life from anything. We didn't know life. We didn't know Christ's life. I had at that time, I tell you honestly, I had no idea Jesus Christ lived in me. And I'd been a Christian for 20 years. Or more. Or less. I didn't know Jesus lived in me. I just knew He was my objective Savior. I loved Him. I like to lead other people to be saved. I like to talk about Him. But it's just, this is where, of course, this was 20 years ago. So now I don't think it's even that good. But anyway, there are some dear saints still that love the Lord in this way, but they don't know how to go on. Of course, I was very worldly. 
as Southern Baptists, they're very worldly, not in an evil worldly way, just a world I love football. I was on TV, I was there. You, know, you don't know anything else. Where you were? That's how I was. I only love football, I love TV, period. You've already heard my bananas story. <laughs> where I was. This was my job. I like my job. I'm working with college students. And when you leave your job, you come home, you do your thing. You know, you don't think of the Lord. And the church is there. It's just, it's just regular Christianity. But the Lord had something in mind. We didn't know anything. But when, you see, when Brother Lee came to, to, in 1962 and they began to pray, for some reason, the Lord chose that little spot to start doing something at that time outside of what he was doing in California. And in 1962, we had what we call a campus revival. A campus revival. And some speaker is invited to come. Anyway, I'm going to close it. And uh, different speakers. At this campus revival, the president wanted to invite an Englishman who was not a Southern Baptist. Now, if you know anything about Southern Baptist, on a Southern Baptist campus, you do not invite somebody that's not a Southern Baptist. You just don't do it. It's what I ain't heard of. But he was going to retire. And so he didn't care. <laughs> and he had read something and heard something about this man called Major Ian Thomas. Who had seen him, uh, some books out by that time by him. One was The Saving Life of Christ and some others. Anyway, he saw something of life. Yeah. He wasn't a Southern Baptist, but he saw something of life. And he was invited for the campus revival of December 1962, which at the same time, Brother Lee was holding the first conference in this And through this, all of our lives were changed. Benson was there, Elton was there, we all were there. And when this man came, things began to happen. Next time on Plainview. So he, Brother Samuel Chang, and some others begin to pray during the month of December. This is quite crucial. During the month of December in 62, they begin to pray for the Lord to stir up the seeking ones in this country. And it was in this month, December of 1962, that the Lord opened our eyes for the first time. And we know it was because of their prayers. He opened our eyes to what? To see Christ as our life.